You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. And so I reach out first to your ancestral helping spirits and to mine, to all of those people who lived well and died well, who met the challenges of their time, who learned how to be better humans. I call out to these people to help us to do the same. Help us to step ever more fully into the deepest truth of who it is that we have come to be in the world and to share our gifts as openly and brilliantly as we can in our time. And I call out to these ancestors to gather around to help us to learn from the past where that is precisely what we need to do and where to draw from the past when we realize that our ancestors actually had some of these things figured out. And so I call out to the ancestors to help us to learn to discern accurately the difference. And as these human ancestors gather around us, let us reach through the humans to our even older ancestors in their many diverse forms of this great web of life around us. And I call out to these energies that have been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after. We call out to all these energies in this great web of life and ask them to help us, the little brothers and little sisters, to grow up, to come to understand who we truly are, to step more fully into that great resonance of humanity as part of this great dreaming. And may we step more fully into that blessing that we are meant to be in this great fabric of life here on earth. And as these ancestors and our helping spirits begin to gather around us here today, let us take responsibility to gather ourselves, draw ourselves from wherever we might be into our head. Take a nice breath and let that little ball of consciousness settle deeper in into your heart. And take another breath and let that little ball of consciousness settle deep into your belly. And from this place, slowing down, Stopping the many things you're doing, taking just a moment to focus, reaching out with your energy to the earth and to give thanks for this day. Thanks for your life. Thanks for the deep, deep wonder and beauty and diversity that is life itself here on the face of this planet. And may we reach out and give gratitude as we begin to move our energy down, down through all the layers of the earth reaching through the layers of the earth to extend our energy into our choice to be grounded. So let us reach all the way down in the center of the earth to anchor ourselves firmly there and to settle for just a moment into those energies that draw their power out of darkness, out of silence, out of stillness, out of solitude, and out of all of these energies that rejuvenate and restore. May we reach for a moment deeply into these energies that nourish life, that which is before 
all that blossoms here on earth into this great expression of beauty, diversity, and abundance. Let us reach into that energy in great gratitude and begin to draw the earth's energy up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth into our body. And from this earth energy, may we learn about manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way with a whole bunch of other things that are also in form. How do we share? How do we connect? How do we know who we are? Where do we stand? What do we stand for? What has heart and meaning? All of these questions that help you define your place, your home, your belonging. And as you do this with the energy of the earth, may you learn about the interconnectedness within yourself, the interconnectedness with others, interconnectedness with the environment, and interconnectedness with the invisible world. And may we reach into all of these realms and begin to feel truly in our own lived experience this great web of life. And may we know ourselves as a single part in that great expanse of oneness. And let us take from that feeling right relationship with ourself and move our energy up from our belly to our heart, our heart to our mind, all the way up and out the top of our head into the sky above, out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up to that highest power of the universe. By whatever way you connect with that energy, however you know it, whatever name you call it, may you reach all the way up, connect deeply into that energy, and begin to draw that energy down, drawing into yourself, drawing into your day, drawing into these proceedings, the essence energy of blessing, the essence energy of protection. And may we draw these energies in and find within ourselves devotion and commitment. As we call this energy in, may we feel the benevolence of this universe. And we draw in the inspiration and illumination and that possibility that in doing what is right for us to do, we might be that lighthouse for another who has lost their way. And we call these energies in, reaching out to the great beneficence of our universe as we draw it into our head, into our heart and our belly and send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, the sky connects to the earth, the earth to the sky. These energies move through us, connecting these two great energies into the big love that they share. And may that love inspire the spirit of your own heart to awaken, to open to this day, to open that crucible of transformation that exists in the heart. And may you draw up your passion, that fiery passion that lives deep in your belly, and draw down the crystal clarity in your mind that asks the questions, how can I do this in my time? And let these two energies mix and merge and dance here together until they give birth to that third and most important thing, some sense, some memory some understanding, some deep feeling of why you are here. And may you reach into that heart and have the courage to do something in this day, large or small, to make your own gifts manifest in the world. And for the great amount of help that we have in many forms to do just that, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give thanks to Christan, to Stephanie, to Elizabeth, Julie, Steve, Peter, and to all of the listeners who have donated to this show. I am deeply grateful for those listeners that feel the show moves them in their heart and are moved by this 
into action and allowing that which moves your heart to move you into action in the world and then up done something to donate large or small it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and i am deeply grateful for everyone's financial contributions and i am grateful for those of you who have spent a little creative energy into understanding what other ways can you actually support the show in growing and being present here in the world and for all of your efforts in all the many different forms i am deeply deeply grateful so, I'm also grateful to our guest. Mary Shutan joins us again today. Thank you, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Mary is here to talk about yet another book, her new book, <laughs> The Body Deva. And um, I would like to say that the book is out. We were a little slow getting scheduled, so it's been out for a month. And feel free to reach out through your favorite local bookstore. And um, go ahead and, and order the book. Um, or encourage your local bookstore to carry it, even better. <laughs> um, for those of you that want to reach out to Mary and connect through her own site, that site is Mary Shutan, M A R Y S H U T A N dot com. And we are live today, so if you have any questions about today's topic, which is, of course, Mary's book, you're welcome to call us at 512 772. 1938 or Skype connect to us through the code-creatornetwork.com site or you can always email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org or connect with Mary through her site. You can reach her that way as well. So for those of you that don't know, Mary is a spiritual healer and a teacher with an extensive background in Chinese medicine, cranial sacral therapy, zero balancing, and spiritual healing. She is the author of several books, including The Spiritual Awakening Guide and Managing Psychic Abilities. And we have shows where Mary gets to talk for an hour about each of these books in the archives at whyshamanismnow.com. Uh, if you'd like to listen. Um, she teaches a variety of online courses as well as a popular blog that can be found at maryshutan.com. So the full title of this book, sorry, um, is uh, The Body Deva, Working with the Spiritual Consciousness of the Body. And so, Mary, I was hoping first today... Before we get into the details of the book itself, to just speak to how this book kind of fits into the landscape of the books that you're writing, because you really are, in many ways, creating a map of a big landscape of human experience, I think, personally, as I listen about your books here. And I'm wondering if you could just share how this book fits into the landscape. So what was really the point of this book in that map? Yeah, sure. And, you know, good for, for picking that up. But uh, <laughs> what, I, what I will say is that this book um, can be for anybody who is looking to know themselves a bit better. But in terms of the continuity with my previous books, what happens during the spiritual awakening process is that, um, and what's really preventing us from attaining a realized state, um, is all of our trauma. So our trauma really, uh, and that can be our own trauma or the trauma that's been passed down to us from varying sources, 
Um, and so what happens during the spiritual awakening process is something called processing. And what that means is that our past traumas or what's really restricting us from recognizing that realized state or an awakened state, they start to sort of come forward for us to notice. And so um, on a natural level, we do start to process some of this ourselves or we can go to healers, but really this book is um, a method of self-inquiry for people to look at what is coming up in their lives, what may be out of balance in their lives, and to look straight at it and to uh, understand with clarity what's going on with themselves, um, as well as to be able to resolve it or heal it in some smaller or large way. And so, so then, what is the specific piece that this book, like the 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 tool this book is really honing? Tell us about the body deva. Yeah, so the body deva is really the the spiritual intelligence. Um, or the consciousness of the human form. And so in the modern world, we really have lost a lot of our spiritual tools. Um, And so a lot of my books are really like, hey, here are spiritual tools. And not only that, here are spiritual, like kind of in-depth nuance tools. Um, And so this book in particular is um, allowing people to look within a lot of people, when they're familiar with meditation these days, they're either familiar with kind of the Zen emptiness type meditations, or they're familiar with kind of the present moment moment awareness type of meditations. But um, one of the sort of lost arts is something called self-inquiry, and specifically by working with the body deva or the intelligence of the human form, we can form a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with that consciousness, and find out what is going on within us on an individual level. And we are much more complex than we give ourselves credit for, and really we need to understand ourselves on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level um, in order to heal some of the bigger blockages or some of the bigger imbalances in our lives. And so this book really allows you to approach through the body anything from a belief to something physical going on to even, you know, an ancestral pattern or an archetypal, you know, something or other. So it's, it's, could you talk a little bit in your own practice about ways that you see uh, people manifesting this, this being very engaged in their spiritual awakening, whatever that is, but not really tapping into this body's wisdom? Like, how does that yeah. present? What I will say is that one of the larger problems that I see in spiritual communities is that they are neglecting the physical form or there isn't um, a great deal of emotional intelligence. And by that, I mean really understanding what the emotions are for, how they're messengers, um, how to approach them in a way that's compassionate rather than trying to force everything into kind of like love and light or or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so What I would say is that a lot of times what happens with people is that they go to outer healers or they might find an outer teacher, and I am very much am in favor of those things and think that we need those things. But we have so much power and capacity within us. Um, 
we just may lack tools for knowing how to kind of approach this processing or how to kind of be empowered or how to really use tools to um, understand ourselves on a, on a deep level. And so this book very much gives the tools for people to look within as well as be empowered by their own healing process. And so taking it back a moment, what I'll say is that a lot of people neglect the physical body and as physical beings in the physical world, we are not schismed from spiritual reality. And so um, I see people doing all of these modalities that neglect an aspect of themselves, either the physical aspect or the spiritual aspect, or they think that they're totally separate things. And if you come from my perspective, it's all just a continuum of energy, and we really need to approach kind of the densest aspects of our being, which is our physical body. And if we're able to look at our physical bodies, if we're able to look at our physical lives, as well as to look within and resolve the whole continuum, um, we can step forward in rather large ways in our lives that we could not do if we're neglecting kind of one of those, one aspect of that continuum. So I really, I, I, it's, it's just so nice to sit here and listen to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) speak in their language about the same thing that, that I think is a, a deep piece of the cycle teachings as well. And the, the thing I wanted to just bring out in what you just said, because if one is engaged in the consciousness of the body, we lose that sense that the denseness, the dense energy of the body is somehow bad. And we don't really, it's like, it's just the nature of the body to be in physical form. Of course, of course, it's vibrating the slowest. It has to, to stay here in form. And it's not bad. It's not like we need to lift it and ascend and and turn our body into spirituality. The body already has this consciousness. And that's what I love about this book is, is you're really giving people really step by step. I mean, you'd have to be like aggressively naive <laughs> to not be able to follow the steps in this book because you're, yeah. yeah, you're really giving people access to wake up to the beautiful conscious awareness that lives in the physical body as the physical body, which is doing its job, being slower in its vibration than your spirit energy running around all over the place. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And I think that a lot of people miss out on, you know, some of my background is kind of in hermetic teachings. And what they really teach is like how we have so much capacity in the human form. And even when I interact with the spirit world, it's like we have our senses, we have our physical body. But not only that is, you know, kind of the denser energies, us being anchored into the material world means that we are able to change, to transform in a way that kind of, you know, different vibratory energies um, are not able to or maybe, you know, aren't necessarily interested in. And so we do have this unique inherent potential. And what happens is that in the modern world, people just simply don't have the tools or they don't have like kind of the in-depth tools. And so when I was going through my path, what I'd find is like books that would 
you know, talk about a technique, but they would talk about it superficially. And my thought is like, people are, have so much more capacity than we give them credit for. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, let's give people really in-depth tools so they can engage on that really deep level if they, if they choose to, you know, I'm, I'm very much, I kind of jokingly call myself an ocean floor type person, but it's like, you know, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's see, let's look straight at, you know, kind of that shadow work. Let's, Let's look straight at what isn't working in your life, what is creating imbalance of, of, of your life, and look at all of the contributing factors by that. And if we're able to unpack that gradually over time, which this book allows for, that means that that pattern starts to shift and change and, and things can really manifest and change on all sorts of different levels. Beautiful. All right. So, Mary, you mentioned when you were making another point, and I want to circle back to this this one thing that you mentioned, which is this balance in life about knowing when do we walk this path alone? When is this our choice to make? And And in this case, through this book, how do I make it? Right. How do I discern when it's really me and when do I need to ask for help and reach out to for support from teachers or people that might train me in something I need to know. Yeah, so I will say that, again, one of the things about the modern world that we can look at that's kind of skewed is people think that, thinking that they don't need teachers or, you know, physical teachers, and I will say, or healers, and I will say that it is very important, I think, occasionally to have somebody to check in with, but what I will say in terms of this work, there are two times that I really suggest people reach out in person. And the first is if you are completely drowning in your life to the point where, you know, kind of unloading the dishwasher or whatever is going on is so stressful that you can't even manage thinking about one other team, one other thing, you aren't in a place to do work for yourself. And so we've all been at points in our lives when we have been drowning and that is the exact perfect time to have somebody else help us to look at things to reach out for, um, uh, to help support us because we don't need to suffer alone with that sort of stuff. There are plenty of trained people for that. Um, and the other thing that I would say is that just sometimes we get stuck or we're in like kind of a big pattern that could use another perspective. And so in some cases it's like we could do, we can either notice that we're really stuck Or what happens is that, you know, we could work on something ourselves solo for six months or we might be able to go to, you know, a healer or a teacher or something like that in a couple of sessions have things have things shift. And so both of those, um, I really suggest a combination of both. But again, there's so much work that we could be doing for ourselves within ourselves. And it's really empowering to do so and to have the tools and knowledge to do so. But at the same point, I'm like, yes, there is a balance and you should go get a physical teacher and a physical healer and check in with them every once in a while. So one of the things that you share uh, in the book is how we may be experiencing a physical symptom but actually we could address that, you know, through the consciousness of the body, we would address that perhaps energetically and, and vice versa. Could you talk a little bit about um, that dynamic in the body that with all of these different wisdoms and how we might experience the symptom in one facet of who we are when actually the work needs to happen in another facet? 
Well, that's one of the really brilliant things about approaching kind of the intelligence of the human form, because we might have knee pain, and we go in and we chat with the consciousness of our, of our human form, and it says, you know, hey, you know that hike you went on six months ago? You tweaked something. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. things are that complicated. And in another case, that same knee might be like, you know what, you... Um, not only went on that hike, but that knee is unstable because you're feeling really unsupported in your life. You energetically aren't grounded. There's also uh, this experience that you had when you were six years old. There's also a past life and something karmic going on. And again, we go to that idea of that we're much more complex than we give ourselves credit for. And especially if we look at kind of chronic or sort of mystery or in my lingo and kind of Chinese medicine lingo is called naughty diseases, you know, stuff that doctors just kind of scratch their heads at, um, is that looking at all of these different layers um, is really, and kind of teasing them apart, it's like, okay, there's a past life here, there's also an unhealed inner child here, there's also something physically going on here. If we are able to approach all of those, that really equals the full spectrum of healing when in many cases when we're receiving healing, we're kind of missing out on an aspect or two. Because we're we're doing something that's like specializing, like we're doing a past life regression now or we're doing an inner child work. We're not actually looking at all of those things as sort of a constant um, like a menu. <laughs> They're always available at this restaurant called My Body Deva. (laughs) Yeah, and I will say that there are a lot of wonderful healers out there, but some of them only approach certain aspects of the spectrum. Um, Or, and again, healing is such an individualized process. And so um, our knee pain is going to be different than our neighbor's knee pain. It's going to have a different reason for being it's going to have different um, patterns going on with it. And it's really by understanding our individual reasons for being that we can heal ourselves. Um, and really understanding that fact is, you know, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, that's the true key to healing. But it really, really is. It's understanding ourselves on an individual level and understanding our complexity and just really how much um all of these varying levels, and I go over all of these kind of varying levels in the book, like how they can contribute to something, you know, as seemingly physical as our knee hurting, you know? Mm-hmm. Could you share a story of um, either your own or, or, or a story you, you have permission to share of somebody who was really experiencing one of these persistent patterns and, and really thought they were doing you know, good work on it, but was not making progress. And then they opened up to this, to the body, Dave, and were able to, to really diagnose it then on that other level and make and move forward. Sure. I mean, what's coming to mind is a woman who was having um, pretty severe menstrual issues to the point each month where she had to basically take a week off of work. Um, And she went through birth control pills. She went through all the Western medicine stuff. She was getting chiropractic, acupuncture. All of that sort of stuff would help, but like for a period of time. And then she'd just kind of find herself at the beginning again. And so it was really frustrating for her. 
because she was, you know, spending all of this money and, like, really contributing and an active participant in her own care, and yet she, there was, you know, still so much dysfunction and so many issues. And so she came to me, and um, there were a couple of things going on with her that weren't being sort of touched. And um, the first was a uh, two past lives, one of them in which um, she died in childbirth, um, and another one in which um, she died of dysentery, which I'm laughing about because people always imagine these, like, past lives that are like, oh, I'm Cleopatra or something, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen. So, um, and also there were a lot of um, ancestral patterns for her about kind of um, fear and loss and, you know, kind of going through uh, the Great Depression, um, some of her some of her ancestors were, were really impacted by that. What I will say after that, though, you know, we can add an, an, another thing, is that she needed after that to work on an arch- archetypal level about how she embodied her own femininity and um, kind of reaching for that type of power and her kind of reclaiming that sort of power. And so... What happened to her was that when she started going through all the levels of this is that the acupuncture started working better. The chiropractic started working better. She, you know, things went down to two days of pain instead of five. And then eventually, you know, now, you know, she still needs regular acupuncture, but um, she's able to, to lead her life pretty, pretty significantly, you know, like without the pain that she was having before. Great. So within that, there, there's one particular healing that you've brought up a number of times, and I think it's one of the great misunderstood healings right now. I think people are sort of learning about ancestral patterns and starting to realize it's a thing and starting to get some skills to deal with it. And a lot of the other things that, that you're talking about, I think people are starting to realize are real things, where there seems to be this great confusion is what does it mean to actually heal or reconcile or somehow work with a past life there seems to be a lot of people that think knowledge is enough you know if i just if i just know about that past life it should be done and i think there's a lot of confusion about this so how would you describe that particular part of the process Well, what I'd say is that it would be really great if we were just, you know, if there was just awareness and that would make our our issues go away. (laughs) Well, yeah. If that were true, we'd be in a different world, people. (laughs) I'm aware of so much of my stuff and I'm still enacting some of it and sometimes I make jokes about it. And like, you know, I'm a work in progress as we all are. And so what I will say is that bringing our attention or awareness to something or having something arise, in that case, we can make, um, through that attention, through that focus, we can start to understand ourselves a bit deeper and we can even start to shift things a bit. But unless we work with the trauma underneath that, um, it isn't going to fully get resolved and we're likely still going to be enacting what I call loops, which are the same repeated patterns or thoughts that arise out of trauma. So particularly with past lives and ancestors, what I started to come across in my practice were people who wanted to over-spiritualize, basically. They wanted to um, 
put all of their issues onto a past life or an ancestor because that was easier than contending with, you know, kind of their their early childhood or, or something like that. And what I will say is that in the book, it's really uh, important to understand is that whenever we have a trauma, it's like that aspect of ourselves, that, that aspect of consciousness, that consciousness sort of freezes in time. It fractures from the whole. It creates beliefs out of trauma. We create beliefs. We create understandings, sort of restricted viewpoints about the world. And so if we consider things on an energetic level, we have all of these varying kind of frozen aspects of consciousness within us, and we have plenty of our own from our own timeline, but we can also inherit, inherit these beliefs and these unresolved traumas um, from past lives, from ancestors. And what's important to do is to understand things, sure, to know what the pattern is, to know what the belief that emerges out of it is, but it's really about um, linking that with the present day. So your ancestor, you know, say they were starving and they said, oh, I'm never going to go hungry again. And you have this kind of like a snowball rolling down a hill. At some point, you were created, you have taken on that belief, you have taken on that energy, that trauma that was unresolved in your ancestor's time, and you've made it your own. And so in this book... We always specifically go through the body and where that held consciousness is in the body, but we also work with how that belief was changed or shifted or altered to um, to kind of meet you in this world. What were your own experiences of it? Because otherwise the whole pattern isn't going to be released. There's still going to be aspects of it left. And you're back in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm only laughing because I've been there myself. I'm not, <laughs> like, yeah, and here we are again. All right. This looks very familiar. Okay. So, um, thank you for going into that a little bit. It's, it's, um, one of those things that I, I feel like in our contemporary world of information, people are really losing track of what would it actually mean to, to clear, um, a, a past life. And instead, like you said, everybody wants to be Cleopatra. Um, <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the book specifically. So, so, so share a little bit about the kind of the, the system. How does the system that the book is offering work a little bit more specifically? Well, the concept of the book is pretty simple. The concept of the book is that we have this intelligence, uh, this wonderful intelligence, this consciousness of our human form, and it goes over how to access it. Um, and ways to work with it, like how to do things like body maps and stuff that really should be part of our, our toolkit. And then it goes over all of the different patterns that may manifest, everything from our own childhood to family, ancestral, past life, archetypal, mythic sort of stuff, all this sort of wacky stuff that probably most people except for me don't really <laughs> think of. Um, but the system really is, is it's taking any imbalance and this could be, again, anything from a physical physical pain that you're noticing to a belief to um, even stuff about career or money, finances, relationships, whatever's going on with you or an emotion. Um, and using the body, Deva, to inquire within to find out where that held consciousness is within the physical form 
what sort of space it takes up, what sort of dysfunction it's creating in your life, and to start to really understand it on a deep level. And so the purpose of this work is always understanding. It's always acceptance. Um, We're not looking to chase away our anger or turn it into love or turn it into emptiness or anything like that. It's really... Um, about seeing what is there and truly accepting it for what it is and feeling compassion for it and then offering it resolution for whatever comes up. And so there are ways to check in to ensure that, you know, you're not just kind of self-creating, oh, you know, this is a past life where I was Cleopatra or something like that because what happens if you're self-creating is that the body doesn't shift, the body doesn't change, that held energy in the body doesn't change at all. And so, um, and so the real litmus test of this is that there should be pretty big changes within your life, but they need to be seen through a little bit of a rearview mirror, but um, really there should be a, an immediate shift in the body, an immediate shift in the belief, and then that sort of integration process where in a few weeks you're like, you know what, I feel pretty differently in that area. I feel pretty differently about this aspect of my life. So can you share, um, thank you for that, and sure. can you share just some of the ways people might describe that feeling when it finally shifts in the body? Well, so in the book I go over that we have kind of two basic patterns and sometimes they either, they intermix. And so we have patterns of emptiness where we might look at a body or look at a body part and realize that there's a hole or the body doesn't recognize it um, in some small or large way. Um, And then we also have patterns of fullness and these are typically areas that we notice because they're in pain, they feel congested, you know, we don't even necessarily need to be super energetically, um, you know, aware of things. We can say, you know what, my diaphragm hurts a lot, my pelvis hurts a lot, my right shoulder hurts a lot. Um, Those are more fullness patterns. And so with the fullness patterns, what we're looking for is for that feeling of pain to shift, you know, Um, and for the emptiness pattern, you know, it's been so surprising me over the years, people would be like, you know what, I didn't realize it, but I wasn't registering my abdomen before, like my body didn't recognize it as a part of me. I didn't have legs before I, you know, um, I didn't have arms before. And now I can actually feel them. And it's kind of a strange statement to make, because what happens when we um, are traumatized is like, oftentimes, Hello, everyone. This is Christina here. We're sorry to say that this show had some technical difficulties with some big old internet outage in Texas. So the last part of this show didn't get recorded. And we're sorry about that. The topics that we covered for the last 20 minutes of the show can be found in Mary's book, The Body Deva. And some examples of what uh, you can find there that we haven't yet talked about on the show would be the the energetic nature of trauma. And Mary talks about micro traumas and then the big things that we typically get labeled as trauma. But most importantly, how you could work with both through this uh, body deva system that Mary explained so clearly in, in her book. We also talked about the value of understanding that we are not just our true self or our authentic self. 
that we are actually multiple selves. And as our consciousness raises, we actually begin to recognize more and more of our aspects of ourself and begin to work with that in a concerted way that moves our life towards that expression of our authenticity. So this and more are found in Mary's book, The Body Deva, Working with the Spiritual Consciousness of the Body. And you can find that um, at maryshutan.com, at Mary's uh, website, as well as her courses and her blog. And I want to thank Mary for sharing her insights on the show, for all of the great work that she is doing in the world. And I encourage you all, if uh, you want to learn to work in this system with your body, to go ahead and go purchase the book. So we give thanks to the ancestors who gathered around us here today, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone. So this is a quick reminder. Uh, Time frame here is May 2018. The Andes Summit offered by Itzhak Biri has extended its registration through June 1st, so you still have a couple more weeks. There are work exchange and scholarships available. So you would go to theandessummit.com. Here at Last Mass Center, we are still taking last registrations for Mass of Illusion. This runs June 3rd through 8th here, uh, 2018. We have two openings left, and we would love to fill those um, spots in our circle for this year. You can go to lastmasscenter.org and download your registration form and register today. And finally, for those of you that have been asking, the next uh, online Energy Body Mastery course will be offered in the fall. It's going to start September 11th, and you can go to energybodymastery.com and click register your name and address, email address, and you will be on the wait list, and you will be the first to know when registration opens for the next course. So with all that, um, I invite everybody to have a good week. Thank you. <music>